0: Uh, Chapter <coughs> uh, Fifteen, Exodus Fifteen for Sunday School again. Our oh, ones there. All right. We looked at uh, Exodus uh, 15 last week, but uh, at the very end, there's a very important piece of scripture there, and I didn't want to rush through it, and it actually uh, will make for a very good topic today. Kind of want to talk about life's common challenges, because it's interesting, I don't know about you, but it just seems to me that you get through one crisis, and then, you know, life starts another one. Have you ever noticed that? Anybody here dread answering the phone sometimes? Uh, and uh, and it's the worst now because now you got like Facebook uh, alerts and everything like that, and so your phone's just like bzz, 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 and, just, and it's just be honest with you, there's sometimes you just cringe, pick it up, and because uh, you just know that the the next challenge is coming. Well, that's you know, God shows us that even with delivering the children of Israel. I mean, they went from if you will one plague to the next, and then they do get delivered, and then they go from one crisis to another, and and now they're on the other side and you think, yes! <laughs> and immediately they don't have any water, okay? And so it's kind of like that in life, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, uh, life is just a, a series of challenges, amen? And so we need to learn how to, uh, you know, uh, Jim kind of touched on it. We need to learn how to address those things uh, cheerfully, thankfully. Uh, even knowing this, God's going to take and, and, and get us through those things, Amen and uh and so we uh we we uh look at that but anyhow exodus chapter fifteen look at verse twenty two exodus fifteen verse twenty two and if anybody sees my glasses, wave them at me all right anyhow uh verse twenty two the bible says this it says uh it says and the children of Israel went into the midst of the sea upon dry ground, and the waters were a wall unto them that's not the right side verse fifteen it said 15 on my page, just looking at the wrong one. So Moses brought... There we go. Just, <laughs> just checking to make sure. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days into the wilderness and found no water. Okay? And when they came to Marah, they, they could not drink of the, of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. If you have a Bible that defines these things, the word Mara means bitter. And uh, the Bible says, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Uh, there he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Uh, and he and said, If thou wilt uh, diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear unto his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. And they came to Elam, where were uh, twelve uh, wells of water, and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Let's pray. Father, we do love you. We thank you for the privilege to open your words, sing your praises, and father to fellowship together here. Father, do be with those who are apart from us. You know every need. We pray for those who need safety. We just pray that you give that in their travels. Uh, Father, we just pray that you would uh, uh, be with those who need health. And Father, more than anything, we just pray that we would be blessed and be a blessing this week to one another and to our families and to those that we just uh, fellowship with the week ahead. Father, do help us to teach us how to handle the challenges of life. And Father, we'll ask this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So life's common challenges, uh, you guys ever, a big thing now is uh, escape rooms, you guys ever done an escape room, anybody here, is, is, is some people like doing them, and, and I, I think it'd be kind of fun, but you basically go from one puzzle to the next, one challenge to the next, and you're supposed to try to deliver yourself from all these challenges before your time runs out and, you know, you lose or whatever. And it it seems like that with life. It just seems like you go from one puzzle, and you get that all solved, and then you go through the next door, and you're like, oh, another puzzle, you know. And and, and you're hoping to get all the puzzles answered. How many of y'all think you're going to run out of time? I don't know about you. (laughs) I think I'm going to run out of time. There are going to be more puzzles than I have time to solve. But uh, uh, anyhow, life feels like that sometimes. You just go from one challenge to the next to the next. And the the thing about it is with experience is... um, when people figure out the challenges, they have to change them because people go, oh, I've seen this challenge before. And you just do it, you know. And, uh, well, it's kind of like that with life. You know, the challenges are always different. Why you are needing a different set of tools to take and to get through them? By the way, you're always needing the one tool. You're always needing faith in God. Amen. And, and, and so if you will. Uh, notice a, a couple things. Look at verse 22. The first thing that we see here. Uh, is uh, when it comes to challenges, God is proving the delivered. I didn't know any other way to say that, but he just rescued Israel, did he not? He just rescued them, he delivered them from Egypt, if you will. It's a picture of salvation, taking them from the world to the promised land, if you will. It's a, it's a journey from, from earth to heaven. It's, 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 uh, it's a metaphor, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a reality. And, uh, and so uh, immediately after salvation, if you will, or after deliverance, the tests start, Okay. Now, before that, I mean, the devil, isn't it amazing how the devil will leave you alone as long as you're serving him? Amen? But as soon as you start trying to serve God, I mean, the tests begin, right? And if you will, sometimes the devil's doing the testing, but sometimes God's doing the testing. Why? Because we use this verse all the time, but in Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says, For without faith it is impossible to please him. You all understand that? So how many of y'all think it takes faith to please God? So sometimes God puts you in situations, listen now, he puts you in situations where all you have is faith. I mean, you don't have the tools, you don't have the, the master key, you don't have the, the answer to the puzzle already. I, I got to tell you, uh, somebody said this a, a long time ago, it's always stuck with me, but you guys ever seen Jeopardy? Is that hard? I mean, those are hard, right? Well, every, they say this, they say all the answers are easy if you know, the, all the questions are easy if you know the answers. And if, if you know the answers, it's easy. Well, the problem is, is that in life, we might think we have the answers. You know who the greatest experts in the world are? Parents with no children. (laughs) And teenagers. Why? Well, they have all this knowledge, but they haven't faced a test yet. You guys understand? And I'll promise you this, what I just said is true. We know that, isn't it? it? I mean, people with no children, well, they know how to raise yours. (laughs) All right? And and so, if you will, uh, immediately God begins testing. Why? To give us, if you will, the tools to take and to live by faith, even in the most difficult of times. I want you to think about this. What is he preparing these people for? One of the things he's preparing them for is cities with great big walls. Whoa, they haven't seen that. I mean, Egypt wasn't like that. Uh, They're getting ready to see great big walls. And on those walls are standing giants. Oh, we were in our eyes as ants. We were just bugs. We're we're just little tiny people compared to those big people. How in the world are we going to defeat them? And God is saying, would you please just live by faith? I got you out of Egypt. I crossed the Red Sea for you. And now I'm going to take and challenge you. I'm going to bring you this close to death from thirst. Anybody here ever been truly thirsty? Uh, a couple years ago, might have been this year, a, an experienced hiker, an experienced hiker went into the Grand Canyon. I don't know if you, you know, but one of the big challenges in the Grand Canyon is to go from rim to rim, okay? That's, that's, a, that's a huge challenge, okay? And you've got to keep your weight down because it's quite a hike, okay? But uh, the heaviest thing that you're carrying is water, Okay, and so sometimes you'll limit your water to make sure that you can make it all the way across. Well, this person was a very experienced, almost like a professional level hiker that went, didn't take enough water, died. Died, okay. And uh, so where are these people? You say, well, that's that's the desert. Yeah, where are these people? The wilderness of shore, folks, that's another name for a desert. You guys ever seen Saudi Arabia? How long can you go without water? I've told you this before, but you can go four days without water. How long have they been without water? Three days. I climbed a mountain one time. It uh, was when uh, Leah was, I think, about 12. It was her first mountain. We were all excited about hiking a mountain together. It was me, her, and Daniel. And uh, we were just going to hike this third. Well, it was only a ten or 12,000-foot peak, you know, and so I was like, ah, it's no big deal. And, and and the trail guide said, very difficult. And I said, yeah, but short, sure, it's no big deal. You know, that's it's all right. I said, I said, 14ers, those are very difficult. That This is just, you know, a front range mountain. This is no big deal. And so to be quite honest with you, I, I, I dumped half my water before the hike because I said, I don't want to carry all that. Well, we got to the top and I was out of water and I still had to come back. And I got to tell you, Um, I had been out of water to the point where I was distressed, okay? I was exceedingly thirsty. And um, the first place we found that had anything liquid was a Wendy's, okay? And can I just tell you, I ordered uh, the biggest water they would give me and a lemonade, one of those giant things, and just both of them. I mean, just down like that. Why? That was the thirstiest I've ever been in my life. I was desperate for water, desperate for water, okay? I learned my lesson, <laughs> okay? And, uh, and folks, I had been out of water for two hours. You guys all understand? Sometimes we take and we look at this particular, oh, they just had that water for three days, no big deal. They're in the middle of a desert. They've got three million people. They have no water. Now, I want you to know this was a very serious concern, okay and so it was a very serious if you will uh proving ground for him so god like i said has just wrought all these wonderful miracles now i want you to think about this but um uh the bible says three days now you can put something to that if you want to but remember what jesus said he said after three days i will rise again and in luke if you go there in luke chapter 24 don't go there you know the story at the road of emmaus he's walking uh with the people from emmaus and he said didn't uh What's going on? And they say, Well, haven't you heard? You, uh, you know, we uh, supposed he was going to be Messiah, and now he's dead, and oh, we're warning, it's been three days. Well, right uh, like this. And he said, Don't you remember what he told you? Come on now, amen. You, you know what he said? Kind of like even with Jim's devotion this morning. When you're going through the trial, you know what God wants to say to our spirit? The three days is a time, period of testing, okay? And it's a period of testing for your faith. Don't you believe what I told you? Don't you believe what I told you? Folks, I want you to think about this. Jesus, there's no doubt in my mind on the road to Emmaus, he was talking very calmly to them. And they, they were talking very agitated and very panicked. And, well, haven't you heard? And we thought it was... And he, the Bible says he went through and he rehearsed all the things that he had said. And then he, he said, don't you remember the things that I told you? Amen? But please take this the right way. Have you ever been to that point of distress in your life? And if you don't raise your hand, that's because you don't like raising hands. And if you think you shouldn't raise your hand, well, you're, I'm not, I'm, I'll lovingly say this, you're delusional. <laughs> Why? Anybody ever been there at the point where you just... And God says, don't you remember what I told you? He's told us so many things from the word of God and from preaching and from our personal devotions and, and the moving of his spirit upon our heart. And, and, and if you will, the, the time of trial is really just to get you to remember, just remember who I am. By the way, is our God the same God as the God of the Old Testament? So our God can still separate the Red Sea if he needs to? Yeah, our God can do that. Amen! Okay. And so what he's saying here is, he's, 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 saying, he's saying this in a sense, don't you ever forget what I've done in the past. Because anything I've done in the past, I can do in the future. It can, help me now for a second here. One of the things he did in the past, we might want to remember this, is he spoke all of this into existence. I, I'm, a, I'm a science nerd, I've been nerding out on science lately and I'm not going to bore you with it all because it's all exponential numbers and I learned my lesson with that a long time ago (laughs) okay but uh, can I just tell you this it takes a powerful God to do all this it takes a powerful God and I'm just pointing at me but I'm pointing at yourself okay it takes a powerful God to do all this you can't even imagine honestly okay And so my whole point is this, is when testing and trials come, maybe we should remember what he had said, what he has done, and who he is. It'll have a way of calming ourselves because instead of them being panicked and agitated, they could have said, Lord, we're out of water. Have we read anything like that here recently? We've been in the book of John here recently. You, You remember how casual... Mary walks up to Jesus, come on now, they have no wine. <laughs> I'm sorry, think about it, think about it, they, they have no wine. Woman, don't you know my time has not yet come? <laughs> come on now, amen? And, he, and she says, do whatever he tells you. Why? know who he is i know what he can do and i know this crisis is just a test to show himself mighty on our behalf come on and i'll tell you it's one thing to preach it and it's one thing to listen to it now but it's another thing to be in the trial and have to remember these things isn't it okay and so if you will we see that uh, that's a common challenge god is constantly proving us to remind us we just need to trust him but what was the challenge? The challenge of verse 23, the Bible says it was, it was bitter water. It was poisonous water, okay? Now, for us, if something's a poison, I don't know if they still do this. But, you know, our, when we were young, it, you always had a skull and crossbones, right? And that was a sign for poison. Somebody help me. Do they still do that now? Does anybody know? Do they still do that? And so, like, if, if, if something was a poison, you see the skull and crossbones, you would know, well, bitterness is nature's way of telling us something is poisonous, okay? If something is bitter, you probably ought to be very careful about putting it in your mouth, okay? And so, they come to this water, hey, water, <laughs> yes, God's answered our prayers. And immediately they come in and they go, <laughs> you can't drink that water. Why? It's bitter. It's it's poisonous. If we were to drink this, not only would we get sick, it's possible we could die. And I will promise you this: even on a mountain, just because there's water next to you, might not be a good idea to drink it. <laughs> okay, uh, depending uh, on, on different things. But anyhow, bitterness is poison. That's that's true in the physical realm. Um, and sweet means that you can drink it. Okay, by and large. And I know some poisons are sweet. Don't don't take this too far. Okay. But um, if you will, uh, if you will, bitterness is God's warning of poison. And then in verse 25, look what he said. Uh, We looked at this already, but look at it again. The Bible says, and he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree which he had cast into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. Okay? Um, If you ever study about this area here, Elam is what it's called. And if you've ever studied the crossing of uh, Israel from Egypt into their promised land, they're literally going from Egypt into Saudi Arabia, okay? Those of you who have ever seen it. And they go from Egypt into Saudi Arabia, and geographically they have found this place. And it still today has wells, and it still has palm trees, and uh it, it has water you can drink and supposedly there's a tree there i think they call it a terebinth tree if i remember right and uh that uh still is still there it it, it don't need to sweeten the waters cuz they've been sweetened okay but uh anyhow supposedly all these things are there and 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 i trust that it's true and that it is i've seen pictures of it so if they you can't fake a picture right <laughs> i said that on purpose so you guys understand <laughs> But folks, I want you to think about this. In the physical realm, bitterness is poison. Now get a hold of this. In the spiritual realm, bitterness is poison. Would you go to Hebrews chapter 12, please? Hebrews chapter 12. And we go to a familiar portion of Scripture here. But look at verse 11. And the Bible says, now no chastening, for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Let me just stop there. He's talking about the trials that God puts us through and the discipline that God gives us in life. Okay? Now, is that what he was doing with the nation of Israel? The answer is yes. Okay? And by the way, does God do that to us? Yes. Okay? Uh, meaning what? Once you're his, he disciplines you. You're his son. Now, if you be without chastisement, you're not of his. Amen? That's what the Bible says. Okay. But here he's talking in the context of God is putting you through the ringer. And some of you are going to get bitter. Okay? And, you know, even as a child, we have that decision to make. If, if our parents spank us, oh, I hate my parents for spanking me. And some kids respond like that. By the way, those kids' future is not very good. You know the ones it's good for is the ones that, boy, I'm glad I got parents that love me enough to discipline me. Amen. This is a very real issue. It's a very real choice, and everybody has to make it. And quite often it depends on our personality how we respond to discipline or chastening. And some people hate to be told no. And some people hate uh, to be punished for for wrongdoing. And you guys understand that? And others understand no. Anybody, Listen, how many of you all know this? It's getting harder and harder to hire policemen. Have you noticed you don't get as many tickets on the highway anymore? You know why? They don't want to put patrolmen out there anymore. Why? Because people become violent. What are you doing arresting me? Well, I'm arresting you because you're going 90 in a 70. Amen? Well, you didn't, you didn't stop the guy that passed me. Okay, well, I missed him. Caught you. You talk to police officers, and literally, they don't like doing any of that because, I mean, that people feel no compunction about taking and mistreating a police officer. I don't know about you, Now, my dad prepared me for the future. Put your wallet on the dash, have your license in your hand, put your hands on the steering wheel, and say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am, no, sir, no, ma'am. Amen? Please take this. Do you know how many tickets I've gotten out of? Because I treated the police officer with respect. rather than having the wrong reaction. Now listen to me. Even in spiritual things, sometimes we can have a wrong reaction with God. And rather than loving him as a heavenly father who is trying to teach us patience, self-control, you know, all the fruits of the spirit, none of which come easy. Amen. Some of us get bitter. And would to God we could learn to be sweet. Why? Well, keep reading. The Bible says, "No chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them that are exercised thereby." Meaning, if you let God teach you, well, then you'll get it. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet. Let's just stop for a second. Go. On. <laughs> God just keeps making my life miserable. You see what he said? God, thank you for still working on me. Y'all see it? Okay. And the Bible says, uh, Make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which uh, no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently. Okay? Lest any man fail of the grace of God, meaning fall short of what God's trying to do in your life. Okay? Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby, say next with me, many be defiled. And folks, I'll tell you, bitterness has destroyed more Christians' lives. It destroys churches. It destroys pastors. It destroys moms and dads. It destroys children. Does anybody fit in any of those categories yet? Amen. Any of y'all like eating bitter stuff? What, what do you do when you eat something bitter? Somebody said it. Say it you spit it out and you don't just go "Uh, uh, uh." right Right? and when you feel it springing up on you spit it out why because the wife's looking sister Margaret's watching see what I did there Make sure there's no Margots in here. Bitterness destroys. Bitterness is poison. We ought to treat it like poison. Can somebody help me? I, I just, how do you know when you're bitter? Can I add to that? Just You can't stop thinking about it. And can I just tell you, if you have an anger or something that you're upset about and you cannot stop thinking about it, you might want a diagnosis as bitterness. Well, it's not me, it's them. No, it's you. Because we all have the choice on how to respond of God's working in our lives. And can I tell you this? Betrayal might be a way of God working in your life. Well, they did it. Yes, they did. But that doesn't mean you've got to get bitter about it. I've talked to people. There's people in this room I've talked to about it. Making constant choices. Or, excuse me, a conscious choice. I'm not going to get bitter about it. Matter of fact, I'm going to take and pray about it. I'm going to give it to God and I'm going to move on. Amen. And if you can't, Eventually, the poison will get you. But that's not what I'm worried about. It gets everybody around you, too. Amen? See, bitterness is poison. Water was a need. Look at what the Bible tells us back in our text. I want you to think about it. We already said this, but Exodus chapter 2 again. Exodus chapter 15. We'll get my mind right. Look at verse uh, 24. The Bible says this. It says, and the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Now, murmuring is a wonderful word because I'll teach you a Hebrew word. Ready? The word for murmur is murmur. Is that good? And it literally means this. murmur, That's what it means. Because you guys ever talk to yourself? That's murmuring. Okay, that's literally what the word means. Okay, and it's literally the Hebrew word. You just learned a Hebrew word today. You can walk into the store and say, I know Hebrew now. Amen. (laughs) Murmur. Um, Having said that, they were complaining, okay, but take this the right way. They had a need for water. It was a legitimate need, okay? It was a legitimate need, and to be quite honest with you, it was only their attitude that made it wrong how they did it. Okay, because they were murmuring, uh, but the Bible says they murmured and then they complained to who? Moses. Who alone could give them water? See, quite often we take out frustrations on people we can see because we're having difficulty with things we can't see. You guys understand the point? All right. Their issue was with God, not God's man. Now, I told you I, I hate teaching and preaching when things seem self serving. So expand your vision on this one, okay? All right? But have you ever been mad at your boss and took it out on your kids? Let's all get spiritual now. Well, no, but I know people who do. <laughs> Their problem was with God. You remember when the nation of Israel, they came and they said, we want a king like all the other nations. And, and Samuel comes and complains to God and said, oh, Lord, they're, they, they, they want a king. I, I failed them." And he says, he says, they've not rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. Amen. And he's teaching the principle. He's teaching the principle of this. They're mad at me, but they're taking out on you, Samuel. All right. And so, if you will, the people were displeased with God, but they were taken out on Moses, okay? All right? And so, uh, um, I got other verses, and if you need the notes, uh, I'd love for you to have them. So, just ask, and I'll make you a copy. But I need to move on. You know, it's God's people who became the focus of their concerns and their complaints. And by the way, this, too, is reasonable. I want you to think about this. This, too, is reasonable, okay? Needy people reach out for help. Who were they going to talk to? By the way, they've only recently been introduced to God. They have yet to have had a lesson on how to pray to God. The one person who could get in contact with God, contact with God, was Moses. And so what did they do? They came, Moses, you you have the tools, you have the means. Listen, we need water. Okay, well, amen. All right. And we, we have resources, thinking about this now, we have resources that other people don't have. Don't we? So if you will, when somebody puts a big pile on our shoulders, I want you to think about this. It's because they don't have any other resource. Do we have resources? Can we go unto God in prayer? Has he invited us to cast all our cares upon him for he cares for you? All right, now I'm going to nerd out on you for for a second here, okay? But has anybody here ever used a multimeter to measure voltage? Okay, you've used a multimeter, all right? Well, to measure measure voltage, you're measuring how powerful of a force you have, okay? So it, it tells you how powerful your voltage is, right? But if you ever measure amperage, okay, current, you're not measuring how fast it's moving, you're measuring how much of it is moving, okay? and If you ever look on the inside of a multimeter, it has a big, a big, it looks really out of place. It'll be a big, heavy piece of copper, okay? It's called a shunt, all right? And the reason for that is this, is to measure the volume, the amperage, okay? You have to be able to say, these circuits can't handle this. And so we're going to put it through the shunt, okay? Okay? And the shunt is able to dissipate the heat and take the flow, and it has a, okay, it's able to take it, okay? It's able to take it. And it's designed to say, when you need to measure current, we're going to run it through the shunt. Y'all understand that? Well, folks, when life gets too heavy, okay? Because we can take this. But how many of y'all can take this? You guys understand? Okay? And they're going to look for somebody who can take it. Because they can't this circuit can't handle this let's run it through the shunt i don't have the tools to deal with this i'm going to run it through somebody who does and i've told you this before but sometimes uh, uh, when i've had opportunity as a chaplain uh, quite often um, you'll just go from one crisis to another all day long and people know about it they just you go from one crisis to another and and, and what's well, send the chaplain, send the chaplain, send the chaplain, send the chaplain. And last year I had one of the people at the end of the day, they said, can, we talk, can I talk to you? And I said, sure. They say, how do you do it? I'm like, what? Everybody loads all their problems on you. I said, I don't hold on to them. Why? Because God invited me to cast all my cares upon him. See, I have the tools. I, I can pray. I can cast Amen. And they can give them to me and I can do something with them. Amen. So next time you want to say, well, they're murmuring against Moses. It's not fair. No, no, no. It was the only resource they had. You got it? I, well, I don't, need, I don't need my problems, your problems too. Well, I appreciate that. But please take this the right way. Fewer and fewer people in this world today have the tools and the means to deal with the problems of life. That's why suicide rates are up. That's why drug use is so high. It's, it's why a lot of things. Y'all understand? Okay. And so, if you will, um, uh, we see that uh, they were pr- proving, being proved after they were delivered. They dealt with the poisonous water. And then they were given some promises for obedient faith. Look at verse 25, the second half of this. It's interesting how he puts this. And this is one of those times it's good for you to get into your, your dictionary and figure out what the words mean. But in verse uh, 25, the second half, the Bible says this and he, says, um, he says, He made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. Okay? And that's what I'm going to break down here. But just so you know what it's talking about, verse 26. And he said, if thou, wilt walk diligently, if thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God uh, and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and will keep all his statutes, I will put none of those diseases upon thee which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord. Okay? And, and so you see there, he, he's talking about promises. And uh, he says, first off, that he's going to prove them. Okay? Meaning this, I need you to pass the test okay, that's what it means, prove, okay, at the end of verse 25, okay, and then he says, I'm going to give them a a statute and an ordinance, well, a statute is a prescription or a prescribed action, okay, and we know this because he says, if, if you will, is that a prescription, if you will, okay, keep my commandments, right, and then he says, I will give them an ordinance, and an ordinance means a verdict or a privilege gained, okay, if you go to court and you win the verdict, you get a certain privilege. You get a certain prize. You all understand that? And, and so that's what that word ordinance means. He says, if you will do that, I will do this. Okay? And so that's what all that means. By the way, it's good to take and break that down. Because how many of you all knew what a statute and an ordinance was? To me, a statute and an ordinance was a law and a law. And then you study it a little bit. You go, oh, no, no. He's, what he's saying is. And so then verse 20 uh, six there, he says, if you will do this, I will do that. He says, I will help you to avoid the plagues, okay? Well, think about this. I'm going to give you an illustration. Uh, the praise services tonight, okay? And unspoken praises might include all the sorrow that we avoid because we do not live like the world. What do I mean by that? How many of you all could say, your life's not perfect? but it's better than it would be if you were living like the world. Sometimes we forget to thank God for that. (coughs) I'm thankful for the lack of drama. I'm thankful for for the lack of hospital visits. I'm thankful for not having to deal with X and so. Amen. And God says this, one of the blessings is if you'll do this, all the plagues that everybody else has to deal with, You're not going to have to deal with that. Now, do we still live in a wicked world and have to deal with some bad things? Yeah, but think of all the things we don't have to deal with. Amen? Or used to deal with and don't have to anymore. Praise God. I think that's a wonderful promise there. He says, listen, I will remove the plagues of the world. That's the way I, I came to understand that. And then last of all, he says, I'm going to have you pause at the oasis. What is the oasis? Okay, well, there were wells of water and there were palm trees. What, what do the palm trees have? Well, the palm trees have shade. They have fruit. Some people believe these were date palms. Anybody like dates? I'm sorry, it's is a Baptist church. We don't believe in dates here, do we? You guys know what I'm talking about, dates? I love dates. Don't eat too many of them. They'll kill you, but they're delicious. <laughs> And then, by the way, possibly medicine. Uh, the Bible talks about, you know, Revelation 22, two, the Bible talks about the, the, the leaves of the trees being for the healing of the nations. It's possible there's medicine here. And so, if you will, this is a place of, uh, it was a place to rest and recover and heal. You understand? Have they been through something? Yeah. Okay. And so, God gives them a place here to just come, relax, get the water that they need get some food, and get ready for the journey. Why? Well, the, the, the next journey, they have to cross the desert, okay? <laughs> uh, and they're going to go from having no water to having no food, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and God said, listen, you, you got a tough journey ahead of you. I, I want you to think about this, I, I, and I'm done, but these are the same exact things that God gave to Elijah when he was running from uh, Jezebel. Amen take a nap, get some nourishment. Uh, by the way, there's also a cruise of water. Have some water, okay? And the Bible says after two naps and two meals that he went in the strength of that for 40 days, 40 days, okay? Which is a metaphor for a time of testing, okay? Well, I, don't, I, I didn't study, and I'd be very interested if it wasn't 40 days after this that they were at Mount Moriah, you know, if you will. And uh, getting the law. But the whole point is this, folks, all of this is common. God shows us this from the beginning. I hope we've been given some tools how to handle it better in the future. And uh, we are done.